0: Good morning. Welcome to A Taste of Torah. This is Rabbi Yisrael Kotler of Chabad of Kerry. Today, a story for Shabbos. The story today takes us to the beautiful mountains of Colorado. Rabbi Yisrael and Leah Wilhelm, who I know personally, serve as the shluchim to Boulder, California. They have a beautiful Chabad house, very, very active, especially amongst the thousands of students who are engaged in all the activities that they do. And they have a beautiful tradition that I find very meaningful. The day after Simchat Torah, Rabbi Willem and his wife go away. It may not be long. It may not be far away. It's just to the mountains. But after all the holidays of Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur and Sukkot and Simchat Torah and the countless meals that they serve to the countless number of students, they have some time for themselves. They get a babysitter and they go out and have some time alone as a couple to recharge and rejuvenate for the semester ahead. And this was the year like any other year, and the day afterwards they were planning on going to their normal spot in the Rockies. But for whatever the reason, when they called, it was completely full, as were many of the hotels around. It was a beautiful fall that year, more bookings than usual, and there was absolutely nowhere for them to stay. But after making enough calls, they found a place a little bit closer, not as deep in the Rockies, perhaps not as gorgeous, but it looked like a nice little town. They found a hotel that they would go to. Now, as is often the case with a Chabad rabbi in Rebetzin, where you are always on call, they're about to leave, and they were called to officiate at a funeral of someone who sadly passed away, had no family, had no friends, and needed a Jewish funeral. The rabbi stepped in, and he did it. And afterwards they're like, it's late in the afternoon, should we still go at this point? Yes, we absolutely have to get into the car, everything is ready, and off they go. And only after they leave town do they realize they didn't even think about what they're going to eat. No kosher restaurants around. But the rabbi says, we're already on our way, let's continue. Thank God we're in America. There are basic essentials found at grocery stores all over. And if we're going to live with tuna fish and potato chips and some avocados, we can do it this evening. But when they arrive in this little town, there is not that grocery store that they imagined. All you got is a marijuana shop, a 7-Eleven, maybe you can get some chips, that's about it. And they're like, now what are we going to do? And they look and they see it's a little bit of a drive to the nearest little city called Idaho Springs. They're like, we got to go out there, there's a Kroger's over there. So they're on their way. They arrive at Kroger's. And he's at the store and he's wondering, this is not working out the way I wanted." Regular hotel was booked, and then we got off to a delay, and then I don't have any food, and then there's not even a grocery store, and now I'm sitting at a Kroger's buying some bare essentials. Hmm, what is going on over here? His thoughts are interrupted by a phone call, and he picks it up there in that Kroger's in Idaho Springs, Colorado. And there's a girl on the phone, her name is Stephanie, and she says, is this Rabbi Willem? He says, indeed it is. She says, I have an odd request. You've never spoken to me before, but I've called already five different Chabad centers in Colorado. You're my sixth. I'll give it a try, even though it's a long shot. Would you happen to know of any Jew living in Idaho Springs that has a pair of tefillin? He can't believe what he's hearing. What? And she continues, yes, I know it's going to sound odd, but not long ago, my boyfriend made the resolution that he was going to put on tefillin daily. We ourselves are on a little bit of a vacation right now. We find ourselves a number of hours from home. He didn't bring his tefillin with him. And I said, you've missed tefillin for 30 years of your life. You only started recently. Not a big deal if you missed for a few days. He says, absolutely not. I made a commitment. I'm going to find tefillin. If not, I'm turning back around. And so I found myself calling any Chabad centers or rabbis that I know of to see if they have any acquaintances in this little town of Idaho Springs that may have a pair of tefillin. And Rabbi Willem cannot believe what he is hearing. This is the sort of stuff you read in books. The fact that such a divine providence would be happening to him at this moment, it is beyond extraordinary. He then asked Stephanie, where are you right now? As he has tears in his eyes And she says, honestly, I really don't know. We're in the parking lot of some shopping center. It's at the corner of Iowa Street and 42nd. Oh, yeah, there is a Kroger's. And the rabbi says, stay right there. What color is your car? And one minute and 30 seconds later, this rabbi and this young Jew named Yaniv, along with Stephanie, embrace in the parking lot of this Kroger in Idaho Springs, Colorado. Rabbi Willam, seeing that all is by divine providence, And wherever and whenever he goes, he is going as a shliach, as an emissary. And Yaniv seeing that when he makes a commitment to do a mitzvah, Hashem will provide him with the means, with the resources, with the ability to honor that pledge. Friends, in the portion last week, we read about the giving of the Torah at Sinai. This week's Parsha towards the end also shares with us, all the events that led up to that moment, which becomes the most significant event in Jewish history, the foundation of our belief up until today. And when you read that story, there's one question the reader is left with. How is it possible that we do not know where Mount Sinai is today? In Israel, every single highway exit has a marker What? Event in the Torah in Talmudic times took place. We know so many details about so much of the exodus of Egypt, and yet the place where the most important event in Jewish history happened, we don't know where it was. They didn't leave a marker there, they didn't immediately have pilgrimages back to that spot. How is it possible? And I've heard many answers to this question, but this is my favorite. We know that there are certain places by which you have an immediate emotional association. You go by your favorite restaurant and all of a sudden you begin to get hungry just driving by. You drive by a hospital and you relive the traumatic experiences that happened over there. This is the way our mind, our body, our heart, our soul works. These associations. However, when it comes to the Torah, there should be no such association to one place. For the Torah is not about a stationary spot. If anything, the Hebrew word for Jewish law is halacha, which means to go. Being a Jew is not measured by what I experience at a certain place or time, but what I am doing right now wherever I am going. In the Torah not telling us where Sinai is and us not knowing the identity of that mountain that is telling us that we should never associate Torah with a particular place, with a particular era, with a particular location. Wherever you are in the world, you can create your own Mount Sinai, your moment of revelation, your moment of connection with God, your moment of a meaningful mitzvah that can happen anywhere at any time, even at a Kroger's in Idaho Springs. Colorado have a good chance.